the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm so proud of that. That's why the veterans like me more than other people. That's why they like me. Fifty percent since the election and veteran unemployment is now at the lowest level ever, ever, ever recorded. Thanks to our pro-American tax, regulatory and trade policies. And by the way, we're doing great in our it was China. They were taking out $500 billion a year for many years from our country. I consider that we've rebuilt China. $500 billion, not million. Think of what that means. $500 billion a year taken out of our country. And now they're paying us. They're paying tariffs and the products are sending in and we're negotiating and they want to make a deal and hopefully we'll make a deal and if we don't, that's is, is this classic Trump carry or what? Yeah. It, you know, it, it's this is, of course, he was speaking in Lima at the tank factory right. this week. Right. And I don't know. You know, is it was he just backpedaling on the China deal? I don't know what's going on with the China deal. Um, You know. You know, he's kind of now saying, well, if we get a deal, fine. If we don't get a deal, fine. It's got to be a great deal. I love Trump. You know, but is it, but Carrie, you know what? I, do you hear him apologizing for not getting the China deal done? No. No. See, see, he, you know, he's not a You know, did he lead us all on saying that the China deal? It seemed like over the last six, eight months, if the stock market was going down, Trump would come out and say he's got a deal pending with China. Right, which it may still be pending. And then the stock market would come rolling, you know, come right back. Right. And then it, then a week, two weeks, three weeks later, there's no announced deal with China. And guess what happens to the stock market? It goes back down. Start going back. And so what does Trump come out and say? Oh, you know, munitions over there. The talks are going great. I and mean, I think it's pending. I think there's a, right. you know what, unfortunately, there's a lot of things going on right now. So, you know, I don't know if we have a China deal or not. 
Um, the the stock market's on the roller coaster. The Federal Reserve completely, you know, blew up this week by saying no more interest rate hikes. We had the inverted yield curve, the you know, the other day. Um, you know, a strong recession sign. There's you know no consensus out there on when we're going to have the next recession. You know, that leads to discussion of whether you should be building your plan R yet or not. But and also, you know, I, I'm not sure what. And, he, and and Donald Trump was not, wasn't apologizing for his McCain. You know, I don't know what he's. You know, but it seems like everyone else is apologizing, though, right? You know, everybody. You know. I was going to say everybody's offended and uh, by everything, and everybody oh. has to apologize, even when they shouldn't be. Oh, better. You know, Beto O'Rourke's apologizing for his white privilege, and and and. You and know, then he was apologizing and, for a comment he made about his wife taking care of the kids. It was like, well, no, she probably did while he was and, working. And then he was, you know, then you have Elizabeth Warren, you know, Warren apologizing for her, you know, Pocahontas antics. <laughs> you, you, Stop you know, apologizing you, you, for got, for uh, everything and quit being offended. <laughs> by everything. Right. And I think and I think in a weird way, that's what Trump's base likes about Donald Trump, because he's the only one who's not apologizing. Right. I mean, he's well, got, I guess he has no filter. So I mean, you can take that in good or bad. You know, he's got that cowboy. You know, did John Wayne ever apologize to, you know, the bandito horse thieves, Carrie? I would hope not. Uh, I don't uh, think so. I mean, did Dirty Harry ever apologize for using excessive force in the New York City Police Department? No. So I think in a weird way, the base likes the idea, you know, sees Donald Trump's lack of apologies, you know, full right. steam ahead, um, you know, leadership, you know. I, I think I, you like to see action, I think, regardless of what's said it, or not. Right. Uh, you know, like you judge people by what they do, not always what they say. But then it says like, well, Mark, he's lying. Well, I mean, Carrie, you know what my you know filter is for politicians who lie? They you know, all do when their lips move. I, right. I mean, I, I mean, I don't believe a word any one of them says. Right. So that doesn't offend. So that's me. what I'm saying to me. I would rather look at what have they done. Look at objectively what have they accomplished, politicians. Right. So why don't you get us started? All right. Before well, I get to good I was going to say a good. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. Between 9 and 10, we're a financial educational talk radio program that's been doing the show for a number of years. And hopefully we're giving you helpful information about financial issues to make you aware, um, whether it's financial news, tax law changes and other things, whether you're working or in retirement. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm, and we're not investment advisors. What we do with the estate planning team is build long-term, realistic, conservative plans and help people analyze choices that they, they're faced with from an objective standpoint, not tied to anything, so that decision-making is easy and that people understand. Also, if I make a decision today, what's the long-term effect and how does that impact the longevity of our plan. We also help people use the opportunities and avoid the traps in the complicated tax code, especially when people are working and want to know, how do I start setting things up, especially when we're looking at 10 years or less from retirement? How do you start setting things up or using the different buckets of money to minimize your taxes now, but looking at the bigger picture? And then later on, how do I create that tax-efficient income um, for my spending during my retirement years? And also putting together plans that deal with 
potential financial disruptors or challenges people face and running those model scenarios. So what we do is that traditional financial planning number crunching. We have both hourly planning for people who just want a little bit of help because we have people out there that do pieces and parts themselves, which is whether it's the taxes or investments. We also believe in coordination of advisors. So if the client's not serving that role, we're big on getting those advisors in place when necessary. Um, And then we have a group of people um, that do comprehensive planning. We help them step by step through the process of information gather, analyzing, recommendations, and then helping through to make sure plans are implemented correctly. Because even though you have a plan, sometimes there's mistakes there and following through. And then our maintenance plan, um, the estate planning team are accredited member and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're also Super Service Award winners on Angie's list for multiple years. Um, so you can get some information there. We have planning classes coming up and we also have offer the free consultation. So you can come in and see if our process is appropriate for you, if you can benefit from any of the type of planning we offer. As a spring special, I haven't done this in a while. Okay. For the first 10 Welcome call, to spring. Yeah. Well, it doesn't a feel like a today. Huh? No, not at all. Um, as an incentive for the first 10 callers, and that's calling, or I should say people who contact us, or through the website, if you come in for a free consultation by April 30th of this year and decide to use any of our services, you'll get either a 10% discount on the comprehensive planning fees, or if you go with an hourly planning option, so we customize it based on what you need, you'll get two bonus hours. And that's for the first 10 people who contact us today. Um, and then let us know where you want to, where you can be reached on Monday. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit the website financial foodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And I do have the spring planning classes posted. So make sure you register early. We already have people signed up because I was able to get it on last weekend. Um, We have April 23rd at 10 o'clock in Middleburg Heights is the IRA and Roth planning class. Again, if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about the good and the bad when it comes to these assets. Rules, costly mistakes and how so many people misunderstand um, how these assets should be used later on. They miss, There's a lot of rules when it comes to these assets and the penalties are big. I know we talked last week about a case where there's a 50% penalty if you miss your minimum required distribution. Right. So if you, if you miss that, you can always look, go uh, listen to our podcast. They're on WHK 1420, The Answer. Mm-hmm. And just click on the local podcasting button and find our slot, Financial Food for Thought, in the you know 9 o'clock Saturday morning hour. And you can hear the past shows. And if you're wondering uh, whether if you don't understand your required minimum distribution rules, you go listen to that podcast right. or come to the class. Right. And that's April 23rd, 10 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. And we'll even talk about Roth contributions versus Roth conversions. And how, we'll show you an example um, how minimum required distribution in many cases actually creates more tax dollars for the government. And there's a free handout included. And I want to talk about real, real quick. I know um, the minimum required distribution. A lot of people, and I've met with people this last couple of weeks that they said, I'm only taking the minimum because I don't need more than that. But they're missing an opportunity because they're in a really low tax bracket. So they could take it out 
And then, uh, especially if only it was a couple actually and only one spouse until they both start collecting. We had one spouse started minimum that really didn't need any more. So they're just missing opportunities. So you want to take advantage of that. Then on May 7th, and I already have people signed up, we have our evening class in independence for retirees. So you're if you're in retirement, we're talking about all those issues that impact your lifestyle. And if you're 10 years or less from retirement, and we'll talk about retirement rules you often hear about worries that people have about taxes, rising healthcare costs, inflation, the market volatility, and talking about Plan R and other financial disruptors. Both classes talk about update tax law changes. The workbooks have the new tax tables. So make sure you register early for these free classes. All right. Thanks, Carrie. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And we've been doing the classes for at least 20 years, Carrie, if oh, not if 25. Not more, yeah. And these classes, if you haven't been to um, one of our classes, it may be a little bit different than maybe other classes that you may be going to. You know, it's not, you know, the, the, the type of class where you come in, you sit down, we turn off the lights and turn on a PowerPoint and sell products. Mm-hmm. It's not really what we do. We keep our class sizes small. Um, purposely, so you have an opportunity to ask a, a personal que- you know, question that you came to hear, and it's really an open session. Um, right. You know, but the, if you have specific issues, that's why I think the consultation is Yeah, that's better. true. I mean, the classes are general planning strategies and concepts, right. because sometimes people ask really specific questions, which really is more appropriate for the consultation. You're going to save your loss of time. If, right. if, you've, if, you've got, if you're dealing with a specific issue where you have a deadline, Right. Could be a Social Security election, could be a pension election. I could go on and on. You you know, chances are you're not going to get your answer at anyone's class mm-hmm. because the classes have to be general. It's just like when we talk on this radio show, it's, we understand it's not your numbers. That's what our free consultations about. And if you're and if you're, you know, want to get around and you don't have time to, to you know, do, you know, read a textbook, come directly in for the consultation. Right. All right. Um, so what else is going on? So I'm going to do uh, we're doing our March Madness. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the basketball championship, the cow, which certainly got kicked off this week. You're talking um, about taxes. Yeah. You know, tax preparation season. And it's maddening this. And, 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 you know, we've been we've been highlighting the tax preparation all of the month of March. So, again, you can listen to the podcast to catch previous shows. We've already touched on what I call the tax refund conspiracy, you know, where. Everyone's so upset that the refunds are lower than previous years, which has no correlation to actually whether you get a tax break or not. That's the conspiracy out there. Um, but also, I think we may have another little um, you know, upset that I don't think people are too happy with the new postcard 1040. I personally, because we've talked in the office that it was supposed to be simpler. I know just in um, Wendy in our office also talks about they're definitely longer because there's more ta- schedules. There's so six just, new schedules. And it's so much easier to reconcile because now they've lumped the IRA pension and annuities together. <laughs> Do you know how much easier it is when we're trying to help clients reconcile to make right. sure things are correct? It was bad enough in the old 1040 when it was on two lines. Now it's on one line. It should be on three or four lines. Right. So it's 
Plus, now you have all these schedules that you have to look for. Actually, we have found our clients' tax returns are more pages. So even though yeah. it's on a half a sheet, right, to, you have to, 10 more attachments. Right. So This is the biggest scam. This was the biggest waste of, of you know, time and, and energy. And taxpayer from money to just so the politicians could say that their campaign promise was uh, completed because now it's on a postcard. And I really don't think people really cared. We had the 1040 easy. No. I really don't think of all the promises that are made, we cared. No. As far as this is another example of our great government, uh, I, I of the inefficiency oh. and ineffectiveness of, of and, waste, and how utter many, waste of how time. How many headaches is it going to cause? I don't even want to begin to think, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so we're so we're going to talk. I'm going, but we're you know, but you know, but I'm here today, Carrie, to play the the, the Matfa game. You know, the, you know what the Matfa game is? No, I was going to say make America's me? tax fun again. You're I don't know if be taxes my, ever were. Oh, uh, we're fun. Gonna, we're going to try our best. Um, so we'll get, let's start on that. Um, but before I do, do I have time to do a glottal fry? Okay. You know, um, because you know, one of the, we were talking about how. Half the politicians are apologizing. Remember, so AOC, right? Right. Or Sandy. Who am I talking about, Karen? Oh. Alexandria. I was going to say, I'm sure we have some names for her in our house, but. So she had to, you know, kind of not apologize, but defend, you know, Imar Omar for her, you know, uh, anti-Semitic gaps, right? Um, and as why well, is she defending her? Well, a lot of the politicians did. And, yeah. But the glottal fry is, you know, that what is the glottal? Remember, That's I was talking that about, weird. It sounds like a goat. Yeah. Is when how a you guy does it. it. Right. But when, when um, it's it's when it sounds like a goat when she does it, too. Yeah. And and it, it's when it, it, it's the idea that it's kind of like remember the old teenage valley girl talk. Yeah, I don't. I think okay. it's worse than that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that, but it's more for older young females, and it's when they, uh, you know, do yeah, something. Yeah, it like sounds so, like a goat. Yeah, or and, sheep at and, the petting zoo. And the psychologists don't really know why they're it's it, they're doing it. They Bizarre. don't know if they're consciously doing it, but it, they they think it has something to do with. Um, they they believe. That it gives them an air of sophistication when they're talking to somebody <laughs> who they deem to be of a lower, you know, status. I, think, I don't know how. Um, it's annoying. And a lot of people don't believe me. I, I think it's fo- it sounds phony. Um, it's like. And, well, like, yeah. Are they purposely the doing it? It's the Because you don't. You wouldn't normally do it. See, now. And why do I keep saying females? I'm not being sexist, Carrie. It's just right. when guys do it, you know, they kind of sound like. Either the goat boy from the SNL, you know, skits, yeah. or like Elmer Fudd, like, um, I'll get you, you uh, nasty rabbit. Right. See, we sound like Elmer <laughs> Fudd, but when the when when the when the young Democratic Socialists do it, the, it, it 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 takes no difference. So you got to listen to this real carefully. Oh goodness. So this is a clip. Now, first you're going to hear Nancy Pelosi, and she's trying to defend. I, I and I I don't even know coherently what, if, what Nancy's ever talking about anymore. But you got to, as soon as Nancy stops talking, you got to listen real closely to the clip, okay? Where because when it starts up, it's going to start up with Sandy's glottal fry, and then she's going to go into her thing. Right, I don't know if I've got this keyed up correctly. I don't think that. Um, Here, listen, this is that the congresswoman. Yeah, listen real closely when Nancy's done. Perhaps appreciate the full weight of how it's heard by other people, although I don't believe it was intended. In, in an anti-Semitic way. Uh, I think it's just part of Did you hear it? Yeah. Uh, Did you hear it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. That's when I think, like, to me, that's here like it, a speech is. faux pas. Let's see if I can get it again. Oh, I don't know if I've lost it now. 
I lost it, but you heard it, right? Oh, yeah. It's I hard, think it's, it's more like, uh, I don't know what to say. It's like, I think it's a pause so your brain can catch up to what you want And it's say. a real thing. You can look it up. You know, glottal fry is the lowest vocal register and is produced through a loose glottal closure that permits air to bubble through slowly with a popping or rattling. It's a very annoying okay. sound. So, um, all right. So that's what's going on there. Okay. So, Carrie, are you ready? For tax play? time? Yes. The Make America Tax Fun Again game. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but. Okay. So what is this all about? It's a game, you know, where you too can become part of the 44% of Americans that pay no federal income tax. 44%. That's a lot. Um, And Carrie, why is this so important? Because we all know it's all about the Benjamins, right? Right. So here, but first I want to, you know, introduce our culturally diverse panel of judges okay all right and i want to get and so these are the ones that you know what are we going to do is we're going to give you some court cases or tax positions that taxpayers maybe took a little bit of an aggressive or a little you know gray situation where they you know reported something and and it's either the irs okay it's either the irs approved or allowed their deduction right or they did, denied it. Okay. Okay. Um, and and our judges will have the you know final determination. All right. So first, let's welcome former Washington lobbyist and campaign manager for Donald Trump, Mr. Paul Manafort. All right. All right. Fresh from his special counsel hearing, where he's convicted of bank fraud, tax, and financing charges, uh, he's going to be serving seven years, Carrie, in okay. a penitentiary. Um, but he may be out in, you know, for good behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for actually, for the amount of crimes they were talking, he'd be in for decades. So I think right. I think he's doing pretty well. Okay, yeah. um, Carrie, can you re- remove Paul's shackles? I think it's, it's a little bit embarrassing. He's a guest host. Okay, next, let's welcome attorney and former director of the exempt organizations units of, of the IRS, Miss Lois Lerner. Okay. Okay. You know, Lois, of course, is famous for delivering that stunning opening line. Remember in the 2013 IRS targeting inquiry? You know, remember they were targeting the political, you know, uh, nonprofits, mm-hmm. you know, when oh, yeah. when she was, you know, because you know, she was the head of that division and she was, you know, called before Congress. Remember, she she started this is this is the greatest opening line ever at a congressional hearing. Right. When she said, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't break any laws. And now I'll take the fifth. Bam. I mean, no one knew what to do. It's like she completely stunned everyone because you don't start talking and then say you're going to take the fifth. Right. You, if you're taking the fifth, you don't say a word. You say, I'm taking the fifth. But because she started first claiming her innocence, that's now entered into the record. And then she claims the fifth. It was brilliant. <laughs> She's still a free woman today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I, you know, Carrie, I think we all should be able to use the loan. Yeah, learner. should we all do that? I guess I'm faced. Okay. Okay, and and finally, let's give a warm welcome to Al Sharpton. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Baptist minister and American civil rights activist and frequent White House guest during the Obama administration. I know. Um, I think he I think he logged in over 80 visits um, in the in the time. I wonder how many unlogged visits he had. Right. Um, 
Okay, some reports claim that Al has $4.5 million in current federal and state tax liens outstanding. That is truly outstanding yeah. that he's not behind bars. Okay. Oh, hmm. Wonder why. Okay. So, you know, Carrie, so as, as so again. Is this the shady Matt, Matt for game? <laughs> this is clearly. <laughs> okay. So, and now again, I, you know, we're going to give our disclaimer. We are not giving tax advice. You know, right. you cannot rely on other taxpayers' court cases for your own. Mm-hmm. Each case stands alone. And you always seek out the professional tax services or, you know, in, in, when in doubt, Call Chuck Reddick. Right? Um, and remember, finally, Carrie, as always, the judge's decisions are seldom final. Right? Okay. okay. All right. So here's how the game's played, Carrie. I'm going to give you, we have three categories. Okay. Okay. And we've, and I'll let you choose uh, which ones you want. We've got Schedule A, do's and don'ts. Okay. We've got health issues can be taxing. Okay. And we've got encore careers and hobby losses. Okay. okay. And what you do is you go ahead and well, you pick one of those, and I'll read the snippet from the tax issue, and then you just tell me, you know, you know, did the you know did the taxpayer win? Okay. Okay. Now in this case, um, if the judges say that the taxpayer won, okay, meaning you know we're gonna you know we're gonna hear the meaning you know the taxpayer got the Benjamins, right? Right. And, of course, if the IRS de- denied the taxpayer's claim, we're going to get the... Right. I mean, okay. they blew it out of the water. Okay. All right. So where, where would you like to start? I'd like to start with the Schedule A. Schedule A, do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, let me get... Okay, so here's the situation. Let's say, Carrie, although not officially declared a federal disaster... That wicked spring storm that blew through your neighborhood and toppled your backyard tree onto your house. Okay, can you deduct the unreimbursed losses on your tax return? Mm, no. Very, very good, no. Jared. Okay, right. So starting in 2018, casualty losses are deductible only if they're related to a federally declared disaster. Right. I thought it had to be a federal emergency. Right. And you itemize. Okay, that's the other thing. If you're not going to be able to itemize, you're not going to be able to deduct. And now it. we have those higher itemized deductions. Yeah. So, so previously a federal disaster, a federal disaster didn't need to be declared. The deduction is, however, generally subject to $100 per casualty limit, $500 for certain losses in 2016 and 2017. It also can't exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. Note that casualty gains from insurance or other reimbursements can offset casualty losses that don't stem from a federally declared disaster. The 10% AGI limit is then applied to any federal disaster losses that remain. So with storm season coming up, sometimes we do get that question. Or we do have snowbirds who have had this happen in some of the southern, you know, at their southern properties. And, you know, without that federal disaster, you know, it's going right. to be tricky. All right, Karen, so... So the IRS does not allow you to, de- if it's not federally uh, declared. All right, Gary, where would you like to go next? All right, let's do health care. Let's just go right down the... Health issues that can be taxing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see if I can find one there. Okay. Um, so let's say you take out a $50,000 home equity line of credit to build an addition onto your house. Okay. Okay. Is the interest on the loan tax deductible? 
No. No? For a, oh, for a home improvement? For a, yeah, home addition. Yes. Cuz I was going to say if it's used for other purposes and but yes, if it's for improvements on the home, right. you can deduct it, but if it's for like consolidation or other purposes, no. Right. So this was a change, right, in the recent tax law, and it confused some people and people are still getting used to the new tax law, right? So some people, you know, what, what people heard originally was that HELOC or you know, home economic line alone interest is no longer tax deductible. Right. Well, that wasn't really what the Congress law said. Okay, they clarified that after the confusion and said, right. well, no, it's still deductible if it's used for a home improvement. So beginning in 2018, interest paid on home equity loans is deductible only if the loan proceeds are used to buy, build, or substantially improve the home that secures the loan. You used to be able to deduct interest on up to $100,000 of home equity debt if the money was used for personal expenses. So a lot of people used to use their home equity line of credit right. to buy a car or to pay off credit card or debt. Or a wedding or whatever expenses right. come up, emergencies. Are you thinking of a wedding, Carrie? No. Okay. Not, not mine, no. Okay. Um, um, now, um, right. But no more can you do it that way. Um, also, you must be able to itemize to take advantage of this tax break. See, that with the higher standard deduction, you, even though you're using a home a line of credit to build, you know, to improve your home, it may still not be deductible if it doesn't get you over the new higher standard deductions. Right. Okay. Um, so that was an, okay. So Carrie, you're, you're doing well here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, where do you want to go next? Carrie? Oh, whatever's next on the list. The maybe. encore careers and hobby losses. All right. Let's see if I can find it here. Okay. So let's say if we go with the Encore Career. Okay. Okay. So your Encore Career hobby, and that's not be yours, Carrie, but it may be, you know, somebody out there, is uh, let's, let's just call him Joe. Okay. okay. Joe's Encore Career was going to own his own, like, gas station body shop, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where he could practice what he loved doing, which was working on old classic cars. Right. Okay. Um, so as a novel new opening promotion, right, he offered free beer with any fill-up. Okay. Okay. And it was a huge success. All right. Okay. Now he wanted to write off the cost of the beer as a valid business expense. Hmm. I say, I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. So, judges, show me the Benjamins. You're right, Carrie. All right. So, yes, Joe was able to write off the cost of the beer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, that worked out pretty well for him. Okay. Uh, Where do you want to go next, Carrie? You want to go to the health issues? Health issues again? Yeah. I didn't think we did that. I thought we did these. Oh, no. That's right. I did. We did the Healy. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. All right. So, let's see. Let's say your company just told you that they changed the employer health care plan. Okay. And is now a high deductible plan. Okay. All right. But, you know, but they also say um, it's okay because because you're now in a high deductible plan, you will be able to, you know, contribute or fund a health savings account. Okay. Okay. And so you're talking to your neighbor and they said, oh, we started a health savings account 
And the idea was that, you know, we remember when we started, we was great because we actually took some money of our IRA tax free and started the health savings account to max out the contribution in year one. Okay. Can you do that? So they took money from the IRA, but you can tax free. To contribute to make the no, I do. you can't take money out of your IRA tax free. You could avoid the penalty for healthcare expenses, I believe. Judges, so did- I'm saying you can't take money out of a tax qualified asset and not pay taxes on. You could avoid penalty because it's for healthcare. I'm assuming, but not because. So let's see. What did the judges say? Yes, you can, Carrie. So I can take out an IRA tax-free. This is a a unique opportunity. Hmm. And and basically, if you are covered by a high-deductible health insurance plan, you're allowed to contribute money to a health savings account each year. Right. There's an annual limit. Okay. The money, and why do we like HSAs? Well, because the money grows tax-free and you get a tax deduction going in. Right. Tax-free growth and tax-free coming out if used right. as a qualified expense. It's the best of, of all worlds. Right. Right. So you're saying you can take money from the IRA? The IRS permits you to roll money from your traditional IRA to an HSA tax-free up to your contribution limit for one year. So you don't get to deduct it, but you don't count it as income. No. I'm saying you get to count. Yeah, with the traditional IRA, your distribution. Instead of, but I'm saying normally if you pull money out of the IRA, it shows up on your tax return. Right. This time it doesn't. It doesn't. And you get the deduction? I would think you wouldn't get both. Um, well, I have to, yeah, I have to check. I, That's I what I'm assuming the, the, that you would get no, it, but it doesn't hit your tax return, but you also I don't think, get a deduction. Yeah, I have to check on that. So this is, the, the court case doesn't say if that was okay. contested, but this is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as the IRS rules limit you to just one IRA to HSA rollover during your lifetime. Huh. Okay. So, um, oh, so you can only do it one time. Right. You can only do it once. Okay. All um, right. Encore career. Okay. Again. I'm, you're doing pretty well here. Okay. Encore career. Okay. So let me go to that. Okay. Let's say uh, your encore career, Carrie, is in the rental business. Okay. You know, that's pretty popular, right? Oh, yeah. You want to, you know, you you you, you decide you, you buy some, you get some, you know, money. You, you, and and some, some of our clients do flip properties. Mm-hmm. Others like the rentals, you know, and right. collect the rental income, you know. And, and again, you got to have a passion for it, I right. think, you know, because you got to deal with um, individuals and, and fi- you know, ex- you know fix right. up expenses. And if you like doing that kind of stuff, it can be very lucrative and mm-hmm. nice little encore career, right? Um, especially if you believe that real estate is a, is a better uh, growth factor or less risk than the stock market. Mm-hmm. Right. So Joe and Mary, okay, so they started the rental business, right? And they started learning about all the valid business expenses that they could write off their rental income. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to reduce the taxes on the rental properties, right? And by the way, depreciation is a, is a, is one of the big ones that's advantage there, right. right? You know, so it's a, it's a non, you know, it's a not true expense, but for tax purposes, it is a true expense, right? right? Okay. And one of them caught their eyes was um, security expenses. Okay. okay. And so they decided that, you know, they had a, you know, three-year-old Doberman, right? Right. And guess who they made their security specialist? The Doberman. The Doberman, right? Right. Um, And, you know, the dog goes with them, you know, when they're visiting the properties, just in case, you know, anything goes wrong. Right. Okay. And and they, you know, 
considered him to be their security. Okay. Okay. So they started writing off all the dog food, vet bills, and everything else. Mm. And, uh, you know, the IRS kind of thought they're, you know, so what do you think the IRS ruled there? I would say no. I would say no, because that's part of the expense of having a pet. You're going to feed it. I would would say no, but I'd be shocked. Okay. Judges, show me the Benjamins. Oh, you're right, Carrie. No. I was going to say, that's just the cost of existing. So that didn't work <laughs> so out. So I'm going to write well. off. It almost sounds like somebody trying to like write off their grocery bills for medical because I need it to survive. Um. So okay. So let's see what's left on the board. I think we yeah, still one have more a, health I, issue. I think we have one more health issue. Okay. So let's see if I can find. Um, let's see if I can find a health issue one here. Okay. I'll try to find. Okay, let's say you're suffering, this taxpayer was suffering suffering from emphysema. Okay. Okay. And his doctor had prescribed to start an exercise program. Okay. Okay. Now, this taxpayer, he liked to swim. Okay. As opposed to, like, going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he installed an in-ground pool in his backyard. Okay. Okay. And he made a claim that, you know, he thinks he's going to use it more than his wife and kids are going to use the pool. Right. Okay. Um, So he deducted the cost of the pool installation, all the heating, all the maintenance goes in with the in-ground pool, and deducted all as a medical expense. I'm going to say if a doctor recommended it, that maybe a portion would be, not all of it, that he could argue. Because I think this is more of a gray and fuzzy. And judges, show me the Benjamins. Yes, he yeah. got the deduction. See? Okay. Um, so, so, and, and I think of a doctor and you have it documented that you could argue that, hey, I need this. Right. And, and one of the things was the idea that um, there, there was sometimes a test about how much use. Right. And that was the idea that he proved that he was actually using it more than his kids and right. family more was than using for it. recreational. And they got the deduction. I thought so. All right, Carrie, you did very well. I See, did good. We can tell you you can make taxes fun <laughs> again. All right. That's right. Well, regardless of that, you can, you want to make, under have a basic understanding of taxes, whether you prepare your own, have a tax preparer. And we don't do tax preparation. What we do is do long-term tax planning and look at your long-term effective tax rate and what opportunities exist and how to set things up. It's about your cumulative tax savings, not just in one year. And each tax year stands alone. So be proactive um, and take advantage of the opportunities that exist. And also, in many cases, people are headed for traps they're not aware of. And they could actually take money out in a very tax um, lower tax bracket that they're not taking advantage of. The estate planning team, we've been helping people for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area solve problems, save money, and we have a free no-obligation consultation. There's no pressure, Um, and we have hourly and retainer options. Remember, I offered that spring incentive for the first 10 callers or people who contact us through the website. Um, As an incentive, you can – we have April – I'm sorry, you can take 10% off um, any of our fee retainer fees or two bonus hours on any of our hourly planning platforms. And that's if you come in by April 30th um, and are one of the first 10 callers. And you can call 440-239-2090. Let us know where we can get back to you on Monday. You can also leave an email on the on the voicemail. That's 440 440- 
239-2090 or send an email through the website, financialfoodforthought.com. We have a button for special. If you contact us through there, we'll see it timestamped. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Also make sure you sign up for our spring classes. It's not too early. The seating is limited for both dates. We have the IRA and Roth planning class on April 23rd at 10 a.m. in Middleburg Heights. And then on Tuesday, May 7th at six o'clock in Independence is our class for people in retirement or who are thinking about their future retirement years in 10 years or less. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie. So as we said, it's been kind of a roller coaster year, last mm-hmm. couple years, right? And a lot of discussions that we have with our clients is the idea that one of the benefits of starting a formal financial planning process is that you you know once you get your base case built and presumably working right in mm-hmm. other words you know the idea that you start with plan a right and you make your best assumptions on expenses of course expenses are a lot harder to project out than income mm-hmm. there's only a, really a few income sources that you have If you're still working, it's your salary until you retire. Mm -hmm. If you're in retirement, it's a pension if you got one Mm -hmm. or Social Security outside or an encore career, which means you're still working, basically. Mm -hmm. So outside of that, there's not a whole lot of income. See, we're talking about traditional income. We're not talking about the dividends on your stock is dividend income. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. That's using part of your nest egg, right, for it to support your retirement. I'm talking about, you know, W-2 or, you know, 10, you know, pensions and, you know, um, Social Security. So the idea is what everybody would know, what everybody wants to know, right, is, you know, how much can I spend in retirement and not run out? Mm -hmm. And that's pretty universal regardless of a state size. Absolutely. And regardless of your income, by the way. Right. Um, Now... So, but, but so part of that, and that's what we talk a lot about at the retirement planning class. You know, we go through those classic examples. You know, what is the four percent rule? What's the fifty thirty twenty rule? You know, we we use a lot. We we go through those. And if you've heard of those things, we're not surely you're not sure what they are. Come to the class, right? Or come in for a consultation, and we'll kind of use your numbers and show you how that works in your case. Mm-hmm. But but the idea of the the planning process is once your plan A is up and running you don't put it in the sock drawer for 30 years and say okay everything's fine right the idea is it's it's the 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 financial planning is learning the discipline to know that when enough reality has replaced one of the assumptions that you made that you know how to go in and adjust your plan accordingly and and it, it's the it's maintaining that you know, you know, a simple example is, you know, the idea that, OK, let's say the client thought they were going to buy a new car mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, we budgeted it in and then they realize they're not buying a new car this year. OK, well, you're ahead of plan that year. Right. right. But it doesn't mean we just don't we, we pretend that you never you know, you didn't buy the car in 2018. So it doesn't disappear from your future. Right. We just move it out. Okay, you adjust the plan. You say, okay, I didn't buy the car last year. I'm buying it this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a simple example. Right. Just, you know, multiply that by every expense you can imagine. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, or if you thought you were going to be working until age 65 and then for medical reasons you decided you can't do it and you got to leave at 63, that's when you got to adjust your plan. But right now, the issue that we've been talking about for really, Carrie, the last couple of years, uh, because this is the longest bull market, right, mm-hmm. in, in, in stock market history, it's been the longest U.S. expansion in, in our uh, history, meaning the time that's been since the last recession, okay, the 2008 recession. Now, that was a bad one, mm-hmm. okay, um, but it's still been... Over 10 years since right. we've had it. So everyone is wondering, everyone is waiting, when is this next recession coming? And, you, and I don't care who you ask or listen to, whether it's the um, you know ec- economists in their ivory towers, or it's the Wall Street guys, or it's the politicians. Mm-hmm. There's no consensus. Okay. No. So you have to kind of take matters in your own hand. Our approach is, well, if you're in the camp that believes that this, and I'm not letting, that's not even call it a recession, Carrie. I'm just going to call it an economic downturn. Okay. Uh, maybe a, a severe economic downturn, meaning mm-hmm. not just a correction. You know, what would we have in, in the fourth quarter of last year? I guess yeah. looking in the rearview mirror, most people are going to say it was a correction. Okay. It certainly wasn't a capitulation of the stock market. It didn't it didn't turn out to be a bear market. You know, we saw the recovery come back pretty quickly in January and February and now oh, you know, looking pretty good through March. Um so it wasn't a it wasn't a a bear market crash and it certainly wasn't the start of a US recession. We still have positive GDP growth. Okay. Now, of course, the Fed, with their actions this week, they came out and said they're lowering projected GDP growth, right? They're lowering from 2.3% to 2.1%. they are saying because of global economic situations, because of the uncertainty of the you know trade tariffs and the trade wars, because of the uncertainty of Brexit, and I could go on and on and on, a lot of people are saying you know that any one of those could quickly tip. Into a U.S. recession. So there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Yeah. There's uncertainty on. Right. Including what happened this week with the, you know, 10-year and the three-month yield curve inverting, which is a a strong, you know, sign. Now, it doesn't mean that the recession starts tomorrow. The, The point is, if you believe, if you're in the camp that believes that the next economic downturn could happen in the next two to three years... Along with, let's say, you were planning on retiring in the next two to three years. Right. um, Or you had a major purchase plan for the next two or three years. um, That, you know, may give you enough to say, hey, I want to run a scenario. Let's uh, we call it plan R, whether you call it for recovery plan, recession plan, a a resuscitation plan, whatever you want to call it. Just the idea I'm running some another plan scenario where I'm not going to assume I'm spending anything less or I'm not assume that I'm almost, I'm going to have any more magic income than before than plan right. A. I just want to know if my plan A is still working. If this economic downturn happens in the next two to three years, am I still good on the longevity? Meaning that if we do have an economic downturn in the next two to three years, it might not really affect your lifestyle for the next couple of years, especially if you're still working, right. right? In a weird way, it may just affect the longevity of your plan, right? Which, if you're lasting to 100 or beyond, it may not affect you. But maybe you're really worried about it 
And it's right. really not going to have much of an impact where other people, because of spending they want to do and they want to have a great retirement, is guess what? They're coming a little short or they're starting to run short a little bit after life expectancy and sometimes before. So maybe you want to adjust. The problem is people worry about something when they really have no way to judge. Is that going to be bother? Is that a major issue for me or isn't it? Right. And they, they're, they're trying to find their answer in the, in the headlines and you're not going to find it. There's no consensus. No. Okay. Um, Now, so, and, and we, we, you know, don't ask your neighbor what they're doing. And modeling it in and knowing what you can do and what actionable steps you can take if this happens and what I need to do gives you much more peace of mind than saying, uh, you know, not having any way to measure it. And that's the value of planning and having these models and making those adjustments. We had people a couple years ago that were having, you know, us modeling downturns and, right. and well, knowing, yeah. hey, does that mean I work longer? Maybe I'll have to work longer. Or maybe I can't go on these trips or I have to scale back my travel or scale back my family gifting or scale back some of the improvements I'm doing. But at least they know. Right. And they and they can put a dollar price tag on mm-hmm. if they do have to go back. And a lot of times, Carrie, they don't have to cut back. Right. They're wearing unnecessarily. And that's huge when people know that's that peace of mind factor that the planning process can give you of what's realistic, what's not, because sometimes it's a matter of using those models. Okay, maybe all I have to do is work a year or two longer, or maybe I don't want to work a year or two longer and it's I can cut back discretionary by X amount of dollars and be able to know those if then or right. is it worth it or isn't it or right. what adjustments. And and so part of that is the idea of also it makes you reevaluate reevaluate your risk. You know, in other words, how much risk are you taking in the stock market, for example. Right. Um, it also may, you know, pr- you know, you, you, it circles back to the idea of do you have an adequate cash reserve? You know, so what do I mean by that? Well, you know, the idea is we're not ones to say you try to time the economic downturns. You know, mm-hmm. we're not smart enough to know the day you need to get out of the stock market and the day you need to get back right. in. Okay. The idea is are don't take, you know, your plan A should already be done to the point where you're not taking on more risk than what you really need to be okay. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, that's what people, their downfall was in the last decade. You know, their their plan would have worked, their retirement plan would have worked fine based on a 4 or 5% rate of return, but they were allocated, you know, 90% in stocks. Mm-hmm. They never needed to take that much risk to be okay. The, the greed factor was quite frankly, was driving their decision. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you can get away from that and right. say, okay, so if my plan is working based on a 5%, a 4 or 5% rate of return, okay, make, the first thing is make sure you're not allocated, for, you're allocated appropriately. And that's a, that's a discussion between you and your investment advisor, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what questions to ask your investment advisor, we can help you with that. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of joint consultations with our clients' investment advisors. Right. Okay. Um, now- the idea is saying, okay, so how would you build a plan R? Well, let's say, let's, oh, so, and again, these aren't your numbers. We get that. Everybody get that, right? You have to do your own numbers. But let's say we have a client here who's planning a 5%, you know, rate of return, net of investment fees, okay? But they feel that this next economic downturn could really happen in the next two to three years, and they're worried, can I still retire? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and have the lifestyle that I built in plan A. All right. Well, what we do is say, okay, so, you know, how bad do you think the economic downturn is going to be? Okay. Let's just say you think it's just going to be another, you know, pretty, you know, 10%. Okay. Let's say you think the stock market's going to be down 10%. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you were 100% stocks, how you, you then say, well, maybe I'm going to be down 10%. But but being a fifty being the idea that you're only trying to get a five percent rate of return, maybe you're really only sixty forty or fifty fifty. You know, because you've already reduced your risk because you're not taking on more risk than what you need to be okay. So let's say you're sixty forty. So if there's a ten percent drop in the market and you're sixty percent in growth, okay, maybe you're down six. Okay. Okay. So let's say you think that's going to happen next year, the twenty twenty recession. Now, most economists have slid that back to really 2021. Okay. Okay. So maybe, you know, so whatever, what do you think or how conservative do you want to get? But let's say you think it's going to, and maybe you want to split the difference. Maybe you think it's going to start, you know, in the second half of 2020 after the election. Okay. Because like in 2016, Carrie, see the, the, what happened in 2016, everybody in America thought the same thing. In other words, what everybody thought was that if their candidate didn't win POTUS, that the stock market was going to crash. Right. Everybody thought the same thing. <laughs> Which is funny. Right. Um, now, what happened was Trump won and the market didn't crash. But it, we're going to have the same issue in 2020, I'm right. afraid. Okay. So let's say you think, so here's how you would build Plan R. You would say, okay, maybe I think I'm okay for 2019 on my 5% because we had that huge run up so far. But I think it's going to start in 2020. So maybe I'm going to tell the robot to assume a 3% loss in 2020, then another 3% loss in 2021. Then I'm thinking we're going to be in a period of recovery. So I'm going to assume 0% in 2022. And then the next year, we're starting to come out of the, rec- of the recession. It's starting to recover. Maybe I have some positive growth, maybe 2.5%. And then by the following year, I'm back to my normal five. Mm-hmm. That would be one way to do it. Okay, and then what we want to do is now keeping all the other assumptions the same is plan R still working. Mm-hmm. See, that's the idea. And if plan R isn't working, then we're back to, okay, now maybe I do need to make some adjustments to make sure it's working again. Right. Now, that could be any, you know, any number of solutions. You know, when your plan isn't working, what are the solutions? Well, earn more money, two, cut discretionary spending, or three, take more risk. Right. Well, you can take advantage of the free consultation. That's a great example of what we do with the estate planning team. Remember, may not be too late. Be one of the first 10 callers or people who email us from the website and decide to come in for a free consultation by April 30th. Get 10% off or two hours of free planning. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.